Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look at Goldberg! He's ready! Oh, yeah! It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. Oh, look at me! Here we go! Once again, we're Daniel Bavian. Before that, we're doing power to the people. Coltonic Classic Nitro Review. Yeah. There we are again. <laughs> Welcome in. This is where we go back and watch every episode of Monday Nitro from the very beginning to its bitter end or ours. Who be we? I'd be ready to present it without portfolio. Tom Campbell, along with resident WCW kid Sam Driver. You, you're right. All right. Yeah. Right, you, you're right. You're right, love. You're right. What's new? Uh, nothing much, mate. Uh, been just cracking on with driving lessons. And How you doing? Cyberpunk. Oh, I did two roundabouts yesterday. It was fucking terrifying. Oh my god! But but getting there, you know. I still keep for whatever reason. I like. I I'll just go for the clutch when I don't need it. I'll just be like. I'll let clutch like a little dictate. emerge, like a little. No, like like I'm letting the, thing. the clutch dictate speed when it should be the other way around for some reason. So I'm like, oh, oh. I need to slow down. Let's lower the gear. And it's like you can fucking brake to like five miles an hour in this gear. What the fuck <laughs> are you doing? Like you know, you need to be at like five ten miles an hour to take a corner. So we, you know, there's no need, you idiot. And I'm just like, just try to do too much at once. But it, it's it's all getting, you know, like flushed out of my brain. Have you thought of doing it in an automatic? Uh, I did, but the, the the thing is, like, I I eventually want because I'm, I'm going to be one of those wankers. Like, I can't drive. <laughs> I can't drive, but I I've always had like a deep love of cars, and like my family are quite a motorsports family and stuff. Um, and I, I really want just like an old fucking, like way old car. Like if I could drive a Pontiac Trans Am, I'd, I'd have the best time of my life. Oh. Or like a, a fucking Coupe de Ville. Or like just something really, really big and gnarly. Like a, like, is it a Monte Carlo? Where it's like, it's like a fucking boat. Or... Uh, alternatively, the car of my dreams is an R34 Skyline. Now, you can't have an R34 Skyline and, and have it in automatic transition. You need the full you, you experience need, I don't even know of Skyline. I don't even know if Nissan made it. They might just slap you if you ask them. Have you got an automatic? <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> or maybe they're all automatic and I'm an idiot. Uh, but I, I want to... The, the old... Old ass rally spec Audi Quattro is the other dream car, but I've been told that it's literally just a supercharged shopping trolley. Um, <laughs> That's a great description. It's it's all pointy metal inside because it's a rally car. So it's like, yeah, I'd probably get halfway down a road before t- like trying to take a left, 
uh, and then the whole thing would just continue along and uh, smash into a tree and that would be the end of old Sammy boy oh, <laughs> but at least it would be a big ball of fire you know an exciting yeah. way to go at least yeah uh, you mentioned cyberpunk I've seen that I've seen you tweeting oh, your man. love for cyberpunk it, it fucking like I, I played it when it came out I was very lucky in the way that it came out uh, way early wasn't received very well and you couldn't fucking give the game away enough. I think I got it for like nine quid or something from GOG Games. Um, and then I've just sort of waited and waited and waited and I've been playing loads of other stuff in the meantime. And then it was just like the other night, it was like, I think I'd read an article earlier in the week about it like being better now. And I was like, okay, like I'll fuck it. Let's give it a shot. And I, yeah, it's it's consumed my life. I've put like 40 hours in last week uh, I start evenings and then you're kind of playing along and you're like oh I'm getting a bit hungry fuck it's quarter to one <laughs> <laughs> you do that I've not even had tea <laughs> You do just hyper focus like that, and you yeah, just yeah. go into the world, into the I, realm, and yeah, never I, come back I out. Get, I get hyper focusy anyway, so mm. it's sort of like I, if you give me anything where I can get tunnel vision, that's it. <laughs> like I'll just fucking go. You're down the tunnel. I think that's why I like editing because if you just put me in a dark room and a screen, it's literally just there. That's it's it. Like, you're you're a model employee. No distractions. <laughs> tunnel vision. Yeah, Focus, get it one. done. That's the one. Model employee, Sam Driver. You heard it here first. <laughs> first and last time you might have been called that. I don't know. Uh, we thank you for reaching out. Classic at cultaholic.com. That's what Stephen Norrie has done. He says, just a quickie. I'm sure you had a bunch of people telling you this already. Watching the most recent Nitro podcast, you mentioned that on the Redesign Network, it's showing just 16 episodes of Nitro under 1997. Mm. Mm. I noticed this too. been watching the episodes on Nitro along with you. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, I can confirm that all of 1997 is actually still on the network. It's just that for some reason, they've not indexed or tagged it properly. So they're not showing up in the proper 1997 category. But if you search for Nitro 1997, you'll see that they are—they all show up in the search results. I don't buy it. Woo! I think if you get past a certain date, you're going to start seeing things that are different. And it's going to be Mandela effecty. And they'll be like, oh. hang on, I swear there was an NWO red. And it'd be like, no, no, that never happened. No, just the DX. Wolf Pack, no. DX what happened away. to Crow Stink? No, he left. He left wrestling after after abandoning the surfer gimmick. That was it. They just start changing your wrestling. Could you imagine? There's a bit that was shared around this week yeah. of a clip from Sting and Vampiro from Night from Thunder in 2000, where Vampiro is on the ramp. And he's challenging Sting to an Inferno match. And as part of the thing, he sets the ring ropes on fire. Yeah. Now, in the VHS version that was originally shared, originally shown on television, it looks amazing. Mm. Like the ropes just immediately go up and Sting's just surrounded by flames. However, the WWE Network... How did you do that? I do <laughs> a magic trick by the vampire oh, man. warming here now. Uh, however... The WWE Network have the raw version, yeah. the raw copy, not 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 raw. The tele, you know what I mean. Yeah, and uh, and they cut to Sting as the saddest looking flames just appear oh, on bits of two of the man. turnbuckles, and no. that is the bit that survives. No, history is written by the winners. They love they love um any they chance being using them. No, they have been using broadcast tapes. Like I think anything when it goes to home VHS, that's cleaned up to fuck. So mm. maybe that was the initial shot, and they've gone. That was a bit shit, wasn't it? <laughs> right, cut to the wide when we do the release. And then that's that's how you get that really polished, really nice botch free tape. Maybe. But it looked awful on the network. I'm still going to say it was Vince. He's yeah. going to wheel Sting out again at some point. When Sting calls it a day again, like he's going to wheel him back and then they'll beat him one more time. <laughs> Just one more time. They're not quite done with the, with the war yet. <laughs> 
The war is still on for me, damn it. They have Flair come down and pretend he wasn't a part of it. <laughs> what a day. <laughs> I look forward to that being a thing in the future. Uh, let's go back to July 29th, 1996. Number one movie in the US is A Time to Kill. Mm. It's a legal drama film based on John Grisham's book of the same name. John Grisham. John Grisham. Uh, second. <laughs> I would love if it was Grisham. John Grisham. <laughs> Um, number one movie in the UK is Twister. Nothing to do with the board game. Wait, hold just just one second. Twister's a fucking amazing film, Twister's by the way. Great. But like, so Americans will say like Birmingham, but they'll say Grisham probably. <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna stick to it, stick to one. I want John Grisham now. <laughs> you know, somebody's like... surname's Graham Graham, although they say Graham, which is just even worse. It's I... like a portmanteau of Gray <laughs> Graham. Portmento, isn't he the jobber from Raw in 1996? <laughs> uh, um, now I think that I think that John Grisham, should they revitalise the Muppets, will end up being Miss Piggy's writer brother. Yes, John oh, Grisham, fantastic. Do that, you cowards. Number one song in the UK: Spice Girls "Wannabe." Still a strong. Like new... That fucking earworm ain't going away. Yeah, it's that, it's hey, not going anywhere. The, the charts are now locked for the next couple of months, right? Yeah. Because the UK has Spice Girls. Number one song in the US. Los Del Rios, the Macarena. Oh, holy shit. This song became a worldwide hit. One year after oh, the Bayside Boys produced a remix of it with English lyrics. This is the, the thing. It's like, can you, can like, there's a lot of landmark things that we've lived through, weirdly. Mm. Like, we were, we were both from the pre-internet era or pre-computers being everywhere era anyway. Yes. Um, and, and we're also from a pre-Macarena world. We were there. <laughs> PM, you know, pre Macarena. People can't imagine life without social media anymore. We remember life without the Macarena. <laughs> Whenever anyone says a word that even sounds a bit like Macarena, your temptation is just to go, hey, Macarena. Yeah, that never existed. Never imagine, yeah. imagine Somebody could have said, oh, we're going to go down to this pub. What's it called? Oh, the Macarena. Yeah. And you go, oh, it's a weird name. Is it Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> No, I never heard of it. <laughs> Thankfully, jamming Johnny Kareed, who was a radio personality at Power 96 in Miami, thought, nice. this sounds like a good song. I'm going to play it when I do my DJ sets in the clubs in Miami. And he started playing it to his bosses at Power 96. In fairness, the fucking hook to it is amazing. It's incredible. It's a very well-constructed song. Most earworms are. I mean, mm. look at fucking Wannabe. It's just a very, very well-produced song. Knows exactly what it's supposed to do is like the ultimate marketing tool. The art of songwriting has never truly changed. No. It's all about those hooks in the song that mm. bring people in. It just so happens that the hooks need to be shorter now because we have shorter mem shorter attention spans. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to wonder how far we're going to get until cinemas inevitably die. That'll be when I, I waste all of my life savings opening a cinema. Because oh. I, I, I refuse to exist in a world with no cinemas. Uh, but at the same time, I was starting to wonder like how long until there's like another screen just showing a loop of memes. Because uh, like you see that like being used in memes at the minute where it'd be like, oh, hold on. And then they put like fucking whatever the app is, the like the fucking, is it like Tunnel Racer or whatever the fuck? Right. Um, they'll put a clip of that underneath. Yeah. As like a, that's for your that shit attention span. Uh, but I think that's just going to become a, an actual way of life. I, uh, you'll just buy a smaller TV that goes near your TV, and you'll just put things on that that you actually watch instead of the thing you want to watch. I mean, and weirdly, that, in that way, you're not looking at your phone. 
you are being kind of more social, but there is a secondary screen in your home that's just playing a loop of adverts and <laughs> GIFs. Sky Glass yeah. have a thing now where you can buy a little camera for it and you can do like a little Zoom call on the same screen when you're watching something together. I think like peripheral like stuff like that is like really offline. nice. Yeah, I, I quite like that. Mm. Um, the the other thing is, um, I mean, I speaking as somebody that has, you know, Google Home and Alexa, uh, we're just letting this shit into our houses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're just welcoming it in. It's like, oh yeah, I've got the, you know, I bought an Oculus headset. Now it's owned by the Zuck, uh, <laughs> and he's changed it to the Meta Quest. Yeah, uh, but like that, <laughs> yeah. that it's like, well, are you are you keeping scans in my home? Like, are the room I'm in? Are you keeping data? Like, what's the crack? Like, I don't know. I'm just sort of. I I, I long for the days of pre Mac Arena internet. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's. I, th- I think a lot of companies have more access to things than we normally realise. And there yeah. was a, something that happened yesterday that mm. made me think this. Right, so I had to put in a phone call. I've had to put two phone calls into EE yeah. in the past couple of weeks. Were there real people, or were, no, were they you were, just passed around a robot? No, they were real people. They yeah. were real, the first one I spoke to was about um, an issue with my broadband. Mm. Uh, I think a direct debit hadn't gone out or something. So I was yeah. right, and I was on the phone with them for ages because they were quite chatty, right. and it was quite a nice conversation, and they lowered my bill and stuff, yeah. and it was grand. Um, and then I had to ring them uh, about an issue with our broadband. There was something that happened whereby I had to reset my router or something. Yeah. But I was walking home whilst on the phone to them. Sorry, I'm listening no, to I know. muting notifications. And my phone was on like 2% battery. And I was like, I hope yeah. they get through. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, no, they're normally quite chatty, which is lovely. Mm. But they zipped through my issue. They got it resolved within a minute and then went, all right, thank you very much. Cheers. Bye. And I was like, did they know my phone was on 1%? <laughs> Maybe. That's where my brain was at. Like, they did they did. know that I was on like 1% battery? The bigger question, Tom, is who are they? Oh, my God. Who are they? Oh, didn't we figure that out? Wasn't it Fortune? Oh, yeah. yeah no, it, <laughs> it was, was Abyss uh, said <laughs> it was Fortune. Well, we got the congressional hearing today about uh, aliens in America. How exciting. You'll we're know not, by now how get, it went down. We're not going to get anything. It'll be Blue Bowl City. What if but an alien comes out and goes, hello? They'll just go... Yeah, we've not got anything, but if we get anything, we'll be sure to share it with everyone. That'll be literally the answer. Fingers crossed behind their back. Reddit's getting so carried away with itself, just like fucking like, oh, we're going to get all confirmation and they're going to start with Roswell and they're going to do all of this. It's like, yeah, it's a big fucking thing to just be like, yeah, yeah. So we've been lying to you for 75 years and actually they've been here for millions of years. Meet Alan. Uh, We are the things that shouldn't be here or something like that. And it's going to be a bit like, oh, this is a bit shit. Or you live in a simulation. These things are basically Ah. curses or like something like that. Could you imagine just like, yeah, you live in a big zoo. That is what the planet we is. We talked about that last yeah. week, didn't we? We said, what if we're a zoo? What if we're <laughs> in a big think, fishbowl? Like, the most disappointing thing, yeah, you're just sea monkeys. That's what you are. Wouldn't like, it disappointing be going, some, there some are aliens. infinitesimately large thing that you can't even comprehend it's so big is looking at you uh, and just going, eh, that's all right. Why are, they, why are they attacking each other? <laughs> Look at that. I think they're gone bad. We need to get some new ones. We need to get some new Sharon. And then, and then he <laughs> fucks off to, to Toys R Us. Big alien toys are us, comes back with this new sea monkey mix, throws it in the ocean, and boom, a couple of hundred million years later, there'll, there'll be new fleshy masses. But then, as they're doing that, they're summoned to a meeting where they're told, yeah, we're yep. in a big fishbowl. And there's something even bigger than Steph, them. Steph went for a pint after work uh, the other week, and she, 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 uh, she was sat near somebody in the pub who was proper on one about uh, there being satanic pedo symbols in Oreos. 
Um, And this, this, this conspiracy theory about like, it's like, you ever notice when you see like an old picture of New York from like the twenties, you can't see any people. And it's like, okay, or not even the twenties, that way back earlier. It's like, you ever notice like all these old shots of like American homes and stuff on the prairies from the 1800s? You never see people. And it's like, yeah, because you had to stand still for like an hour, motherfucker. But they were like, there's this whole new theory that's kind of coming out of the arse end of Q. Um, that is that America was always there. It was just buried under mud. So like New York was dug out of the ground and shit. It's like, you can go and just look at those buildings being built, lads. It's like, no, that's misinformation. That's what the reptiles want you to think. I'm buzzing for in about 150 years time (laughs) where someone goes, look at this website here, right move. No one's living in these houses. Yeah, they're not. They don't <laughs> they're exist. All empty. You, you seen how expensive these houses yeah. are? I bet if you order this house, Wayfair delivers a, a child in a crate to you. Mm. That was a fucking mental one. Like the the Wayfair listing stock that they didn't know whether they'd have, so they'd put the price at like twenty grand for a wardrobe, so nobody would accidentally nobody would buy, buy it. it. <laughs> but they were like, "Oh, it's called like the Angela model, meaning that there's a child called Angela. You're going to buy for seventeen grand." And they were like, <laughs> "No, it, it's a stock issue." And they were like, "You can't pull the wool over our eyes." And then they went and tried to shoot up Comet Pizza again, probably. And yeah, it's uh, if you're interested in the whole QAnon side of stuff, read. Um, it's called Trust the Plan by Will Sommer. Um, I think it's called Trust the Plan. But, and the, there's, a, um, there's an HBO uh, six-parter as well on like the origins of it. And it's very interesting because he gets to the root of two to three people who it could be who started it all. And it's a bit like, oh, this is fucked. This is really fucked. Oh, my God. But yeah, satanic Oreos. Satan. Yeah, there's like 12 notches that equate to like the 12 stages of the year. And there's like... Um, there's the the infinitesimal symbol where it's kind of like the cross that goes is like an orthodox symbol with like an infinity that you'd see with like uh, Baphomet, uh, and they're like you know they're well into the whole Satanism, and I we're going back through like that kind of shit again. Oh, <clears throat> so it's 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 a fun time to be living in a society that's regressing backwards at an alarming <laughs> fucking rate. The Earth is flat and all of that. I watched uh, again the other night. You see. Is it beyond the curve? Yes. Where he's so like, this we've is got this, this documentary plan. all about like the secret. Yeah, the secret about like so it's about a group of flat earthers and a group of actual like modern operating Flip scientists and stuff. But they they're kind of saying like, look, you can't just ridicule people because they say the Earth's flat because they're going to double down. So you need to like help them understand because it's like they go, well, you can't prove it's flat. Uh, and then they fire back, well, you can't prove it's round. And it's like, well, you can, but well, we, like, can. we can show you. We can show you. It. And so like, they do this test that they've come up with. And like, I think they've got a couple of scientists on hand there with them. But they like, oh, yeah, well, if the Earth's flat, then, you know, because he's like, I can see Seattle from here. And it's like, you realize how big the Earth is. Like, but he's like, I shouldn't be able to see it. It should be hidden behind the curve. And they, they conduct this whole experiment and prove themselves wrong. And then at the end, I'm sure it's just sort of like, well, you know, I mean, clearly we've done something wrong because it shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> it's like, it's just... That's the that's the terrifying thing. It's like, oh, is it a dome? Is it is it are, are we a dome? Is it a giant plate on the back of four elephants on the back of a turtle oh, flying through space? Give me that terrifying goodness. Yeah, like if in all the realities, if there is a Discworld reality out there, I am fucking gutted. I'm not living in it. <laughs> I I oh man. <laughs> 
It is a time. We must go back to a simpler time, though. To 1996, July the 29th. Back when the Earth was round. Back when the Earth was round. They put globes everywhere, though, Tom. You come, you walk into work today in Newcastle, <laughs> did you see any globes? There's globes on every street corner, Tom. There's globes when you watch the news. <laughs> oh, they appear, don't they? Yeah, the there's globes everywhere. Oh, well, you know, I... it's, it's all a lie. It's a psyop. That's then your favourite word. Of course word. they're not. As a, as a member of the British Broadcasting Corporation, I have to tell you that that is completely a lie. Oh, you're one of stop, them, stop are looking, you? Stop looking you're deep into the, it. You're part of the big evil... Let's talk about the wrestling! <laughs> Kill him. No. <laughs> I keep forgetting I'm part of the problem. I keep forgetting I've got these like infinitesimal powers I can yeah. just call upon with my earpiece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take him out. Take the shot. Got, take the shot. You've got like a magic phone, like those two chips in your fingers where you just kind of go. Oh, I yeah. See, I get that done. They they Hello. did that, didn't they? They came up with that. I'd want it like that. I'd want the receiver, yeah. speaker, re receiver in the thumb, speaker in the little finger, so I can just go, hello. But nobody talks on the phone these days. That's the only thing. I would talk more. Would you have a loudspeaker put in just to be just to be a dick walking around and be like, who's doing this? <laughs> I would And just blast in really obscene If I was going to have a loudspeaker, I'd have it do that. So <laughs> stick the middle finger up. Because that'd be how <laughs> I'd feel one recorded catchphrase. It's like Builder Bear. You've got to keep going back to record a new one. But like, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Builder Bear. You've got to get the finger right. Otherwise, you know, if it, if it goes up too quick and comes back, it'll be like, fuck off. <laughs> Almost always get the finger right. Um, we've got to talk, we've got to, there's no way of gear. Yeah, there's no way of gear shifting this. No, there isn't. Um, <laughs> Herb Abrams died this week <laughs> in right. the wrestling news. Yeah. Uh, eccentric wrestling promoter Herb Abrams passed away uh, with from cardiac failure on the 23rd of July. Uh, reported by the New York Post as an apparent drug overdose. He was 41 years old. He stopped breathing after being handcuffed by police in his office at Seven Penn Plaza in Manhattan. He was going on a spree bashing furniture on several floors of the building with a baseball bat. Now, he was, was bollock naked. He was bollock with, naked. With cowboy boots on, right? That's the one. Yeah. That's how he went. Now, Herb Abrams started the Universal Wrestling Federation in UWF. 1989. Not to be confused with the UWFI, which is a Japanese outfit. No, it's uh, it was. And what a, a short but eccentric run that was as promoter of a company that he genuinely he, thought was going to shut down. He burned man. brightly. Um, yes. and he's somebody who I didn't really know a lot about. I, I'd heard people mention Herb Abrams, Herb Abrams, Herb Abrams in passing before. Because obviously, you know, doing this, you watch like every shoot you can. You watch every interview you can. Eventually, you'll have seen it all. But it, it wasn't until the Dark Side of the Ring episode on him that I really kind of learned a lot about him. And, and it was fascinating and sad and, and amazingly hilarious and... He, he seemed to just live this incredible life and, and touched many people in this really strange way. Um, but he, he just couldn't keep hold of control. Like he, he, he just, everything just kind of spiraled. But he was, as you said, like intensely burning against oh Vince McMahon. Oh my gosh, yeah. And <clears throat> felt like he had the capability to do it. And to be honest, at one point he was starting to receive funding and it was starting to kind of look like he would maybe be able to step up to that next level, but it, it never quite got there. It never did. And uh, he passed away this week whilst being arrested in 
you know what? In, in, in a circumstance that very much befitted the he wild life died that he lived. he lived. He died as he lived, yeah. bollock naked, wearing cowboy boots. Smothered in cocaine. Smothered in cocaine. We will never see his type again. No. Uh, WWF are holding SummerSlam this week. It's uh, worth a mention. You can listen back to the watch along of that uh, on the Cultaholic podcast feed. Myself and uh, yeah. Jack Atkins went through that there one. There might be some more content concerning this SummerSlam coming up soon, but uh, you'll find out in a little oh. bit. Oh! That's exciting. Um, <laughs> we've had a tag title change this week. So, have we? Yes, we have. Have we indeed? So the WCW title tag team titles changed hands twice this past weekend. Uh, in Cincinnati on the 24th, what was originally scheduled to be a non-title match, Rick and Scott Steiner beat Harlem Heat. Mm-hmm. When, during a pre-match argument, Heat said, I'll put the belt, we'll put the belts up. Steiner's beat Heat all weekend on the house show loop until the final show, which was just before this episode of Nitro, when Harlem Heat regained the belts. I've never been a massive fan of those title those title changes that happen. The old England house tour title switch. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to do a big belt. We're going to do a little belt. Um, and it's going to change hands maybe twice on the whole European tour and then end up exactly back where it started with no change to the storyline and right back on American TV. It just continues as if nothing happened. And I don't, it's never I, mentioned again. It's never touched on again. It it feels special when you're in the audience. Yes, you know? when, you're, I, when you're in the room, yeah. it's amazing. But I just, I, I, I'm not a massive fan no. of the... Uh, of that sort of thing. I feel you can, like you just... could get away with it so much more back then, I feel, because you could, you know, way, way back in the day, you could probably go, if the towns were far enough apart, you could go mm. night for night swapping the fucking things. Um, it ruins the lineage. It does, but only the lineage you need to report. You know, like people are going to come away with it going, oh, yeah, I saw them win that and blah, blah, blah. But the next time they're on TV, they don't have the belts. Back in the day, they'd probably just assume, oh, they must have lost them back. Mm. Um, but it, it does fuck with the lineage. I don't like being the lineage. I being don't fight with change. Don't look change. <laughs> just as well that Nitro is not going to change and the lineup for the card for the show isn't going to change in the slightest. No, I mean, we're, we're still in Disney, the home of dreams and wrestling. What more could you want? Well, we're going to find out what we want tonight because we are indeed uh, still at Disney MGM Studios. And tonight, Rey Mysterio defends his Cruiserweight title against Eddie Guerrero and the Giant defends the WCW title against Arn Anderson. He does. I'm. Uh, That's I, definitely happening. I, I think we should uh, just move to Disney permanently, you know. Tony and Larry get a nice new polo top every week. <laughs> the crowd are pretty passive, sure, I get that. But you can just pump in like stadium noise. Yeah. And just pretend there's 10, 15, 20,000 people there. I quite like the look of the Disney things. I really like, I I miss fucking outdoor wrestling. I I miss it. It's almost as good as the aesthetic of North Wrestling Thunderstruck. Which was stunning. That wooden dome was fucking lush. When it could, when it could. Love that dome. Big fan of the dome. Uh, Tony and Larry talk about how WCW has been under attack for the past few weeks. And Larry calls them the New World Odor. Oh, oh, and you can tell he's just thought of this because he says it about 48 times Very, tonight. I mean, I get that. When I come up with a gag I'm quite happy with, I will just rinse so, it. this week sees a shift quite heavily toward New World Order over Outsiders. New Outsiders are mentioned a couple of times, but they, they really want to hammer in that NWO branding because Vince is not a happy chappy right now on the other side of the fence. Uh, and very publicly going around being like, they don't work for us and they don't represent us. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, a contract with WCW. <laughs> that is how Vince talks. <laughs> uh, you're fired. 
What a manoeuvre. <laughs> Larry warns the New World Order, if they don't study the past, they'll be doomed to repeat it. Okay. I think most of the world could take that lesson right now. Oh, yeah. very true. We get some footage from Saturday's show in Cincinnati. Eh? And, and they're like, oh, make sure you're catching it. Where? Where am I going to catch WCW Saturday night? It's 2023. It's not on the network, is it? Some episodes are, not all of them. All right, they're well, very, I can watch some of it on the network. <laughs> the Outsiders are filming Luger and Sting leaving the arena. Luger gets called back in because someone's on the phone for him. Of course, this is back in the days when no one has... Imagine if you had a mobile. Yeah. Oh, I'll take it out here. And then <laughs> National like, damn it. <laughs> Fuck, that's our big idea. He has to go in and take the phone call on yeah. the rotary. As Luger leaves, Sting is attacked. It was a setup all oh, along. Oh, no. They, they beat him up from behind, and then they throw him face first after Scott Hall courteously closes the boot. I thought they were going to throw him in the boot and drive off. I thought they were going to throw him in the boot. But no, Scott Hall very quickly just goes, boop, and then, bah, into the back of the boot. Uh, it, well, the, sorry, the, the trunk. Look in the tongue. Um <laughs> So he throws him into the tunk, uh, and then it just sort of uh, it, it fizzles off. They run away, don't they? Who was on the phone for Luke is what I want to know. Well, it could have been Hogan. Ah. Luger, Rogers. Terry's on the phone. Surprise, he wants to brother. hand off the gimmick. He Sorry. wants to do it. He's going to give you the red and yellow. And Lex is like, I've been waiting for this day. <laughs> Go outside and pick Gets up your stick Lex on express. mustache on. And he's just like... Walks outside. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my bus? Oh no, Stang! What happened? I'm... What a maneuver, the... <laughs> Vince! <laughs> You're right, Chuck. It's me, Vince McYorkshire. You want to come on USS Intrepid with me? <laughs> come on, like old times. Come on, big lad. <laughs> That's it, Shagger. Come on. <laughs> come on, Shagger. So Sting's been attacked by Kevin Nash and Scott Hall in Cincinnati. What a terrible... I hope that's the worst thing that'll happen tonight. Well, he, 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 the clue was in the name. Cincinnati. Yeah. It's all about they're singing very, in that they're, town. They're very natty. Yeah. No, that's oh, not what you meant. No, well, yeah. Lex is very Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> Opening match of the night. It is Mike Eans uh, without Colonel Rob Parker. Yes. Rough and ready already, Abby. Or, or, um, or Dick Slater. So this is ready of rough and ready fame. Yeah, he's ready. Because yeah. <laughs> he... he can't be rough when he you can... partner him with Dick Slater. He's got to be rough. I, yeah. Which one am I? Did Dick... Imagine Dick Slater go, I'm rough and ready, which am I? It's like, why are you asking? Stay here. You're, You're not going out tonight you now. Haven't no, we're going to turn this weeks. into a singles. We're turning this into a singles. Stay here, rough. <laughs> he's facing Stop gym. being a prick. <laughs> Just have a wash, mate. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dirty dick. He's out facing Jim Duggan, complete with red, white, and blue dog who? whistle. Who? Oh, sorry. Who? Jim Duggaroni Pizza. Proud Italian son, that's right. <laughs> Mamma mia, that's a spicy pepperoni. <laughs> so, so, yeah, commentary are immediately as, as, as Mike Anus comes out. I'm not calling him Mike Anus. Anus. As Mike Anus comes Anus out. Has got a, which, uh, who smells worse, Dick Slater, <laughs> Dick Slater or Mike Anus? Oh, man. They, they had Dick and Anus right there and they didn't do anything with it. They didn't do Dick anything with anus. it. Dick and Anus. So Mike Anus, uh, as he's making his... Mike his Anus. <laughs> as Mike Anus is coming down the ramp. Uh, <laughs> Commentary are kind of selling a bit of trouble in paradise. They're wondering aloud where the colonel is. Where Where's Dick Colonel Slater Nob is. Parker? <laughs> Where's Dick and Nob? We've got the arsehole out here. I'm wrestling's biggest arsehole, Mike Anus. <laughs> just, just, uh, 
awkwardly named wrestlers as insults the stable. Oh. Oh. Well, it's got to be. It's got to be led by Ken Raper. <laughs> it's got to be. Oh. What an awful name! Somebody signed up. We well, had a Mrs. Raper in school, and it oh. was like it was just like I remember at the time it was like we're in like year four, and it was just a bit like that's a really unfortunate surname. You'd Mrs. Bucket Bouquet it, wouldn't you? And go, it's Mrs. Rappé. Yeah, <laughs> you put an accent on the e, but. I, I, it's yeah. I, it, oh man, <laughs> real wrestler from the past called Ken Raper. Look him up. Uh, Mike is thrown off by the USA chance because he's an anus that is not from America. Yeah, and so is Jim because he's Italian. Yeah, exactly. So, who are they chanting for? <laughs> who are they Just chanting themselves. for? It's <laughs> American crowd. We're in America. We're in America. We're number one. Where number one? I guess it's like when you do a show in Leeds and it's just Yorkshire, Yorkshire, <laughs> Yorkshire. I get it. Uh, he gets the jump on Duggan, but Duggan clotheslines him over the top and takes the lead. We then see basically the same match played out three times in a row, don't yeah, we? Yeah, it's like they get to a set point and then it starts again. Yeah. And then they get to the set point and it starts again. And then the third time they get to the set point, they go to the finish. This is, you know, that last level of Super Mario Brothers on the NES, yeah. where you have to go through Bowser's castle in a certain order. Yeah. Otherwise, the level loops until the it's end like that. Time. Yeah. They've got to find that. Like, Thank secret... God they found the route through on this one because it really wasn't <laughs> a, uh, a technical masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we do get some JYD headbutts from Mike Anus at one mm -hmm. point, which is nice. Um, we get a nice shot of Mike Anus as Duggan gets a two from a sunset flip. Uh, ref shoots, uh, the ref reads Anus the riot act. <laughs> All I can think of now is you, you've, big seen, Anus. You've, seen, you've seen like the earlier seasons of Jackass, right? Yeah. Is it season one where they're just driving around the carts like, hey, look, it's a cow in my anus and then they pull up and they're in a town called my anus and so they're just walking around the town pointing at things and laughing and it's like look it's it's a clown in my anus <laughs> they can't control themselves it's childish we know we embrace it uh, the referee's anus the riot act after some corner strikes but it gives Duggan an opportunity to wrap his fist with the tape and doom which Larry is still adamant is is a foreign object and I'm quite I, I agree with him because mm. but the thing is uh, it, it's Tony that jumps in and Tony's like yeah it's a foreign object until it's wrapped around his hand because like you, when you've got tape on your wrist tape on your fingers that's not a foreign object so it's only a foreign object until it's on his hand so the referee's got to catch him going doing the wind up and then he can be like it. get the fuck out of here you cheat but if the referee turns around all of a sudden his fist is just balled together like a you know like a, a primary school art project <laughs> just covered in tape <laughs> <laughs> All together like together. a primary school art like, Nails him. He's like, oh, that's it. Fine, yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to tape your hands like that, Jim, tape your hands like that. It's not going to help you. You might, in fact, dislocate your fingers. But <laughs> so if it helps, you know, wrestling match, far then. be it from me to tell you what to do. When the ref's not looking, I'm going to sell a tape of kendo stick to my hands. <laughs> ah, this from the beginning, ref! <laughs> that, imagine that was the loophole. Just two <laughs> fucking steel chairs. Got, just, when when those those sticky dots come out, it's it's this revelation. <laughs> <laughs> Every wrestler's just caught in their hands and just grabbing everything. It's legal. <laughs> it's on my hands. I holding... can't help it if my hands are chairs. It's yeah. <laughs> if anything, you're racist against people with hat chairs for hands. Your chair handist. Chair Get out yeah, of here. Yeah, chair handist. Get out of here. Who do you think you are? Referee DQ. Well, he, he referee, thankfully, here is not an ist, and he counts the three on anus, and Duggan gets the win. Duggan only pizza. That's a spicy pizza. As, as he stands up and goes, Oh, that's a spicy pizza. That's the one. 
Mean Gene asks Duggan about the New World <laughs> Order. It's a paddle rather than his two by four. Sellotape to his hand so he can use it. <laughs> <laughs> he gets on a little. He's got like a little gondola on a skateboard that he. <laughs> Rides to and from the rig. Oh, man. This was such a missed opportunity. Why did they never do Jim Duggaroni pizza? <laughs> Duggan is... Uh, mean G to the ring. He asks Duggan about the New World Order, and Duggan is so upset. He hasn't eaten his spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, he's so upset, uh, Hogan turning his back on everything. He can't understand why. Jim said his daughter's first word was pepperoni. No, his daughter's <laughs> first word was Hulkster. I'd be livid if I was Jim Duggan. He's just going first... off about, you know, the kids and stuff. Oh, yeah, you'd be livid if fucking, if, if you're like, say ho, go on, say ho, say ho. Hulkster. Say that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> Come on, say pepperoni. And she just gives you the Hulkster, flexes. <laughs> Grows a mustache. I was hoping he said my daughter's first word was brother. <laughs> but yeah, Duggan, Duggan weirdly is is lucid for this, given that Duggan's usually kind of overcome with the power of America. Mm. Um, Duggan is sort of very lucid and he's looking down the camera, just sort of like, think of what you've done to the kids. Like, you've come in here, you've, uh, what's the exact word in? Uh, he, he says he's like a... I can't remember the wording of it, but he essentially suggests that Hogan has lied to the whole nation. Yeah, that he's deceived America, that he's he's been Turned preaching all this shit, and and he didn't America. believe in it at all. Um, and it's a weirdly passionate promo from Duggan, but he is bullshitting because he then goes, Doug goes to Duggan says, Hulk, you're a great technical wrestler. <laughs> He is. Is he? Yeah. I think maybe if he's in Japan, maybe he, he can remembers. hit a leg drop. <laughs> He can do the wind up and listen to the crowd. <laughs> he can do a Greco-Roman Look, listen to the crowd. Good finish, good finish, and listening to the audience. Those are the signs of a very good wrestler. It's a technical wrestler. Game of the Olympics <laughs> immediately. He says, whilst Hulk is a great technical wrestler, he wants to fight Hulk. So mm. Duggan is throwing down to Hulk Hogan for a match that I don't think we ever see. And then and then he sings that Samore and pushes himself back up. <laughs> <laughs> Hogan, when the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie. You could have you had him spin in the dough and then he'd throw the dough over an opponent's <laughs> face so they couldn't see shit. You know, we've got a, a wrestling pizza chef now, but imagine what, what Jim Duggan could have done for that corner of the market. Duggaroni pizza. Right. He's missed a Way trick. back in the day. Trailblazer. I would just love to watch from a distance. As you are, you've cornered Jim Duggan and you're explaining the Peter. I don't want to hear what you're saying. I just see Duggan burying his I'm head in his waiting. hands. And he's like, <laughs> I'm waiting for like the, the, the day that somebody gets a very confused cameo for it. <laughs> just, just being like, <laughs> what the fuck, guys? <laughs> waiting for North to book him so we can pitch it. Oh, man. Yeah, we'd have to. I'm not, uh, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm up for that. We did, um, obviously, when we had Gangrel. So, yeah. As a kid, me and my brothers used to play WWF No Mercy, and my mm. brother made a really weird character on there that he always played as called David Lockett. Yeah. And David Lockett would just beat everybody. So I got Gangrel to do a video for my brother. Yeah. Where I go, hey, Gangrel, great match tonight. Really glad you won. He went, yeah, glad it wasn't David Lockett in there. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike was like, there's no way Gangrel knows about David Lockett. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he knows about David Lockett. Oh, so man. I can't get my head around the fact Gangrel knows who David Lockett is. <laughs> It's making dreams come true over here. Yeah. Making dreams come true. So should Bowers ever book Jim Duggan, we'll just go, look, ear us out. 
you are hereby going to be known as Jim Duggaroni Pizza, really proud Italian. Your, it's really so, you over in Europe. <laughs> yeah, we think that this is going to be, you know, a second wind for your career, even though you want to retire. You know, I, I don't think you should. You've got so many miles left with the pizza shtick. You know, well, I know you. I know you battled cancer twice. Full road schedule, six <laughs> days a week. Dugaroni pizza. You could tie it into Tesco's. Get your own yeah. brand in there. You know, we want you out marketing it every morning. Yeah, wrestling every night. You remember Chef Boyardee? <laughs> that, but for pizza. It's <laughs> gonna knacker it. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, we wouldn't use Jim Duggan. Jim Duggan. No, no, we, we have to use the real Jim Duggan. We we all get times. clones. We get clones of Jim Duggan, <laughs> and then you can put one in every shop, and it, it feels like a weird local pizza place that just happens to be run by by Jim Duggaroni Pizza. But then the issue you have with clones is then every Jim Duggaroni Pizza thinks they're the real Jim Duggaroni Pizza. Yeah, but unless they meet each other, they're not going to kind of have that world-ending kind of what. Oh. If they do, then then we got to watch out because there'll be an army of Jim Duggaroni Pizzas, <laughs> especially if there's one in every major town in America. Then I think we we may have created our own problem there. We'll to, <laughs> the we'll, gym apocalypse. We'll have to ship them all out to Los Alamos. And <laughs> drop a bomb on them. No, we need to send them to... It's not Los Alamos. There's another place that there's apparently an underground reptilian lab. Ooh, let's send I, them there. Yeah, I'm trying to think where... It's somewhere in New Mexico. Bristol. Yeah, but there's apparently a hall of flesh. It's in Dulwich. Yeah, how could you imagine? <laughs> the thing is, like anything like no that, I, I think Dulwich. I think if you stick it somewhere completely bland, nobody would give a fuck or think about it. I think if you stuck a lizard underground lab under Dulwich, nobody would care. Well, it's probably on the Isle of Wight. It's David Icke, isn't it? We'll be keeping uh... a close eye on him. Keeping a close eye on the old Ike stuff. <laughs> Keeping one eye on Ikester. Probably keeping one eye and their eyebrow very much raised at his Gaia series where he's explaining a lot of things as fact when they're, 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 they're very much not fact. There. I've not watched Gaia, but I watched Ordinary Things talking about Gaia. He's pretty on the money about it. Yeah, I, he's you know, there was a there's things. a point where we we um I think it was toward the tail end of lockdown we got it because it was like, fuck it, we've watched every shitty terrible like UFO documentary or like Bigfoot documentary or anything like that. We'd watched everyone we could physically get our hands on. It was like, there's a whole app full of this shit. They get on it. And then it's sort of like, okay, there's like the innocent side of it um, where it's like, you know, aliens and all that shit. Uh, and then you start to get onto the vaccine people. Um, and it starts to get a bit kind of, you know, you can pray cancer away and it's a bit like, okay, mm. this is just really grubby. Uh, but, <clears throat> at the same time, there's another magazine out there. So I, I have a 14 time subscription. So I think it's a bit of fun. You know, you get the magazine every month and it's like this month we're doing big cats of England or whatever. Nice. And <clears throat> there's always like news from the, the associated conspiracy spheres. But there's a magazine out there called Nexus. Uh, and that's based off... Uh, Is it written an, by Wade Barrett? But it, it, <laughs> it's based off like an older conspiracy magazine that was called Nexus that was a bit out there in the 90s. Uh, it might even be a direct continuation, but that one is dangerous. Oh. That one, uh, I've picked up a couple of issues of it just to be like, how the fuck? Because um, some of the stuff is like, how are you printing this? And mm -hmm. it's it's just like, the, the, like really, really, really harmful. Like really, really, really harmful stuff. Um, and I just, I picked it up and I was like, I don't really want to give them any more of my money in future, but like just to flick through it, I was like, this is fucking insane. Mm. Uh, and then you get the really weird classifieds at the back where it's like, for more information about reptiles, you need to contact me at this number. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> is it like a, like a random mobile number? Yeah. Just give me a call and I'll talk to you about reptiles. Yeah. Wow. Should we get him on? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to talk about reptilians? Yes. No, I want to talk but... about this wrestler called Glacier, who may or may not be a reptile. 
No, I was going to say, no, I was going to say to loop it back, let's get him on and go, look, would you be up for storing 200 Jim Duggaroni pizza clones? Yeah, we got these clones. We've, we've, got, we've got these clones and it's all got a bit out of hand. We don't want to take responsibility for when this goes wrong. But likewise, we're not going to take responsibility when things go right. That's all on you. Mm. And then if we lead him to believe that he's in control, then it's his issue when the Jim Duggaroni pizzas rise up and try to overthrow natural order. Um, but largely, if we, I don't know, let's make sure that he's got boat sellotape to his hands and then and plain sellotape to his hands. And there's no way that it can leave America then. <laughs> You know, it, it'll it'll affect the Americas, but if we if we just sellotape all the boats and planes to Jim Duggaroni Pizza, <laughs> then there's no way for anybody to leave and, and spread because <laughs> he's got all the planes. Yeah, you give it 28 days, and then they'll, I think after after you know you know humanity's wiped out, it'll be a battle of the gyms. It'll be a bit like Highlander. Uh, they'll they'll kill and absorb each other until there's only one, the strongest Jim Duggaroni Pizza. He becomes the the emperor of of, of the new United States of America. <laughs> The quickening of Jim Tungaroni yeah. Pizza. <laughs> Coming to a cinema near you. Who says the cinema's dying? So we make that, it'd be fine. Yeah. That's it, you know? Like, Top Gun Maverick proved that if you just stick with, like, a 90s formula, you can make a fucking banger. I want more 90s movies. I'm mm. sick of movies being too realistic. I'm <laughs> sick of movies. Like, I go to the films to fucking escape. I don't want to go to the films to... You know, I, I of course watch a lot of uh, a range of things, but like when I want to go out and be entertained, I, I just want you know Jim Duggaroni pizza with <laughs> planes for hands. Just it's that simple, Disney. I watched. I went to Tyneside Cinema yesterday to watch oh, Oppenheimer. Lovely. I'm still to see mm, Oppenheimer. Very uh, good. Lot. I will likely see it a few times because I fucking love Chris Nolan. Mm. Uh, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very high. Beautifully done. Really mm. well, you know, amazingly acted. I didn't even realize that Oppenheimer and Einstein were in the same time period. I didn't even realize it was real. Uh, they got to the end, and I was like, they did what? And I had to go check Google, and it happened. Mandela effect. I don't recall that ever happening. It was like, the, it was... I <laughs> I did try and I did try and I, I did try and get over calling it the Peaky Blinders movie. Oh, <laughs> nobody was having it. <laughs> yeah, like it's the only way you could wipe out the enemies to the uh, to, to 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 the to the family. It's <laughs> build an atomic bomb. Well, it's either the that. Shelby's have won. It's either that or he storms a, a football pitch with a hearse. I mean, there is that as well. Mm. That was in the news. That's the thing that happened. Yeah, get on chroniclelive.co.uk and have a look. Yeah, support local papers. Uh, let's talk about Nitro. Sadly. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Six-man tag. It's the one we were supposed to have. It's the one we were supposed to have last yeah, week. The horseman. Flair wasn't there. Now with added Ric Flair, it's now Sting, Lex Luger, and Macho Man against the horseman. Flair, it, Benny, and Mongo. Yeah, the boys. Luger nearly walking into a tree on the entrance ramp made me chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> but then I thought, I had a little conspiracy theory moment. I was like, was that tree there last week? <laughs> like, I don't know. Actually. Are they in a slightly the, different place? The trees are alive. It's Day of the Triffids. They're moving forward. This <laughs> he, is what's happening. Because he did just walk into it. I went, ha ha. I went, wait. You never that? noticed any picture you've ever seen of Florida or Disneyland. There's never any people in it. It's because <laughs> they just dug it up for Nitro. <laughs> I knew Fucking it. Genius. Bloody knew it. It's a brawl and from And they the all off. eat Oreos. I know what that means. We, yeah. Fucking <laughs> monsters. Everybody's fighting and stripping. So we'll take their clothes off as they're fighting. Now, usually we don't see this till the second hour. So I was very surprised to see mm. this in the first hour. It kind of gets a bit out there very mm. quickly. You sort of have order almost happen when Sting gets in the ring with Flair and they start kind of sizing each other up. And then the second that it cuts back to the outside, it's like Sting and Flair materialize. They just burst, <laughs> just burst into existence in front of you uh, and they're back among the brawl. Flair and Savage uh, brawl by the VIP area. Flair runs into the ring and takes a Sting Gorilla press. Basically, in this match, the story is is that Mongo is pretty hard. Benoit is pretty hard. Flair just takes a shoe in from everybody. Also, also, Glacier's coming soon. There's a promo. Look we, at them kicks. We, we take a break midway through this match, and there's a Glacier promo. He's taking longer than Veer to come. He's got, like, fucking, uh, like, action man kung fu button arm. Does he sellotape them on so they can use them as official He weapons? should sellotape action man to his hands and then give action man his own weapons. And then technically they're action man's weapons, not his. So he's got like a Glock 9 with one action man and like a big dagger with the other. And it's like, look, I'm not, I, I'm trying to hold him back. I'm trying to hold him back, ref. Without, without going too deep into another <laughs> rabbit hole, I, it does occur to me. So he's going to use action, he's going to sellotape action man's onto his hands. Yeah. The action man's going to be holding a knife. And Do and we need gun. to sellotape the knife onto the action man's hand? Well, he's no, he's got little grips, doesn't he? Okay, because I don't know whether the, whether the action man will be allowed a weapon, so whether we sellotape it on. Well, oh, okay, yeah. maybe, maybe for safety, just little tiny tape. Little tiny tape, yeah. so he's got that, and then the action man's taped onto No, you know what we'll use? We'll glacier. use those annoying rubber band things that, that used to hold the action man in the box. Oh. We'll take them, those tiny little bands, and that's how we'll do it. There you go, that's yeah. what we'll do. Look out for that when Glacier I think that gets up. around the rules. Just about. Yeah. Uh, back from the break. <laughs> this match is Flair taking a shoe in. We get a nice Lex and Mongo showdown with Luger hurling Mongo out mm. of the ring. Uh, Flair gets tagged in and gets beaten down by leg. Yeah. Benoit gets tagged in quick and he sorts everything out. Sting gets worked over by the horseman for ages and Flair puts Sting in the figure four. Sting turns it into a roll-up to fight out of it. And it looks like Sting's on the way back. But suddenly... Jimmy Hart appears. Yeah. 
He commandeers a cameraman. What's he for, the piece of shit? He's yeah. probably in the distract. One of his many mm. clients from, from nine different nine different stables. He's, he's there with leg, and he sometimes. Yeah, and he's sometimes there with the horseman. It, it, what are you, what's your game, Jimmy? Well, he's begging anybody for help from this match. He couldn't go to anyone backstage. It had to be somebody from this match that was and happening now. He's like grabbing the front of the camera as well. He's grabbing mm. like the, the the mat box at the front and just sort of going like, "You need to come backstage now!" And he's like yanking the cameraman. So the cameraman sets off, um, and we go to the wide, and finally. The wrestlers are like, oh, he mustn't be doing a distraction. Let's listen to him. There must be an issue here. Yeah. He, they, they follow, they follow, the cameraman goes to the back where we see Kevin Nash and Scott Hall beating people up. Eddie Guerrero, sorry, Rey Mysterio is, he, no, we haven't seen him yet. No, sorry. so you've got Arn on the floor Arn's already. on the floor and already. Marcus Bagwell is just being dispatched as we arrive. Yes. They've got baseball bats. Uh, Arn Anderson, and the American And you think after, after Saturday night where Stinger attacked, you, you'd maybe just fucking, you know... Prepare. You have security that had guns <laughs> or something. They come out with a bat. You just pull out a Glock and just be like, it's America. I thought that's what you all did. Like, you open up your birthday card, guns. Yeah. It just falls out with the cash. Is that not what... I, we all, that's <laughs> what America is. <laughs> But no, no guns backstage at Disney, apparently. No. Stupid rules. As the American you males... You get that in the Georgia Dome. Yeah. <laughs> you get five stars. Arn Anderson and American males have taken a shoe in. An iconic bit of WCW history occurs at this point as Rey Mysterio uh, is in one of the portable trailers. Yeah, he emerges at the top of the stairs like, what's going on, guys? Yeah, he sees Kevin Nash and decides to cross body off the... St- off the, <laughs> off the Out of the door onto... The onto Kevin Nash, who catches him, puts him on his shoulder, fucking lawn darts him into like the porter cabin. It's like a lawn dart. Yeah. Absolutely clatters Just him. Thunk. And you're going to see this over and over again all night because they love this clip. And for the rest of time, this is a, like an yeah. iconic moment from the NWO rise. Mm. Was that particular moment of Rey Mysterio, the Cruiserweight Getting champion. darted. Fucking lawn yeah. darted. There's a point as well in the match earlier. I don't think we, we mentioned it as well. Uh, when, when Savage gets in and Flair's like begging off and he's like trying to do his shit. Uh, he rolls out of the ring instead and he just grabs Liz and just smooches her right in front oh, of Randy. Oh, we forgot about the smooch. And, Apologies. And you've got, uh, it, it's only funny for me because I think it's Tony. Mm. It's just like, he, he kissed her right on the mouth. Right on the mouth. Forgot about the smooch. Probably like shocked by it all. The first televised Liz and Savage kiss since SummerSlam. It wasn't Liz and Savage. It was it was uh, Flair. Oh, sorry, Liz and Flair. Yeah. Sorry, since before SummerSlam, he, she was mine before she was yours, Randy. Yeah. Bloody hell! Yeah, it was that, that was a, that, that was a, a moment that we forgot. Flair but anyway, kissing the, women. The lads have been beaten up. Uh, and... Ray Mysterio's lips kissed a porter cabin, courtesy of Kevin Nash. Oh, big smooch! Yeah, Savage. <laughs> Savage uh, Valentine's Day. Everything we should do for this should just be kissing. It should just be. It should just be, any any move is a kiss. Any segment is a kissing segment. It's we'll just we'll just rewrite it. Make it more romantical. Nash and Hall get into their limo. A macho man leaps onto the fucking limo. Yeah, macho's like great. The, the sunroof's open, so like macho grabs and reaches into the sunroof, and then the limo peels the fuck out of there mm. with macho man on top. So this is like, for me, this is like just childhood, this shit. But it's like, just the the wackiness is very much here and it's starting to bleed through. And, we're, you know, 
just an iconic segment. They fuck off and everybody else turns up and it's like, oh my God, what have they done? The locker room empties and they're checking on Arn Anderson, the American males and Rey Mysterio. I was going to say, Scotty Riggs got done as well. And yeah. Scotty Riggs is just lying there like he's asleep. He's just having a good time. <laughs> he's just completely motionless, just like... Yeah, points are the different levels of acting throughout this bit. So woman is screaming for an ambulance. Yeah, she's like cradling on she's... and crying and Benoit's pacing around, like not knowing what to do with himself. Uh, you've got like everybody kind of coming to everybody's aid. Mm. It's like the all of the, the kind of divisions between them have been thrown away. Uh, and you've got, you know, Eddie's there cradling Ray, and Ray just keeps saying quattro, quattro, quattro. And they're all like, Ray, you're crazy. You had your head bumped off the wall. There's only three of them, man. And it's like, you no, can't it's drive like there's that four car. dudes. Um, Tony and Larry are lambasting the outsiders. Arn Anderson, as you say, clutching his chest and being cradled by woman. Yeah. Mongo is screaming for payback. Uh, Marcus Bagwell's getting his leg checked over. And as all this is happening, I don't think this was meant to be funny. But it was fucking hilarious to me. This is a really serious scene. The commentary's really quiet. Everyone's hurt. They're calling for ambulances. Everyone's down. There's a, as you say, the divisions are broken down. We hear the sirens you hear coming. Siren hear the like, sirens coming. Here comes coming. the ambulance, they say on commentary. Here comes, here comes the ambulance on the commentary. All turns up. Fucking fire engine. <laughs> now it makes, it makes sense. It makes sense. Does it? Make it make sense. Well, fire, uh, I'm sure that fire personnel are trained in first aid and and appropriate, uh, like appropriate paramedic skills. They don't obviously know as much as a paramedic in the situation, but I imagine when you're dealing with something like a fire, you need to be able to uh, like take care of somebody. But it's just the fucking visual. Of here comes the ambulance, <laughs> Nino, Nino, fucking fire, fucking fire engine. engine. It's just, it's amazing. And the thing is, the camera like fucks off for a bit and then comes back, and then there's two ambulances there. So it's like they were just off the mark or something. Uh, the the story goes that this entire angle was so leg- low, so legitimate looking that the police were called. <laughs> Well, it, it's not surprising. A, to attend a scene. Yeah, I mean, it, the call would have gone through to Disney's own police anyway, because that's what that is. Is it Reedy oh, Creek? Hello? Is it Reedy Creek or something? But it, whatever it says on those trucks has Disney's own emergency Hi, services. Just, <laughs> oh, gosh, there's a crime going on. Can you imagine? Mickey, there's a crime. You, you try to report like a murder, and they're just like, like laughing at Disney you. Disney police. <laughs> gosh, you've been murdered. <laughs> I better send someone down to check on you. <laughs> Goofy, mate. She's fucking bleeding out. Oh, don't tell her to get on the rise. You'll gets, be sick. Gets stabbed on the call. Uh, on the call. Goes silent and Goofy's just like, well, I guess uh, they've, they've gone now. Well, how very rude. <laughs> Any news? No, just somebody hung up on me. So now they were out for the day or bleeding or something. I don't know. <laughs> Can I go on Space Mountain? Uh, <laughs> I love the idea of them being a Disney police. Well, it's because they're, they're, they're big enough to be their own district, aren't they? It's true. I think they, they have to provide assistance for the surrounding area because I did a quick Google of them. Mm. Uh, I think they, they cover an area of 250,000 people and they've never once had a death. For as long as they've been a thing, they've never once had a death because of fire damage structure or fire shit. So they're Reported. very good. Apparently that's, apparently that's a very good record. For me, like if, if it was like, you know, you've got to do that or be a paramedic, even though I'm nowhere near smart enough to do either, I'd imagine. Like I'd, I'd take paramedic because it's like fucking, can you imagine having to walk into a fire? No. 
And like the fucking balls on you to have to do something like that. Fucking flipping here. Like, so we are glad that you're there, but it was just funny that it, yeah. they were calling grabbing and <laughs> a fire engine turned up. It's the most WCW thing that could happen. Oh, yeah. I'd say it feels like a Vince it's Russo the most, It's the most Russo thing that could happen without <laughs> Russo being there yet. And it, it, it's very much like something you would expect to see, like maybe 04, 05 <laughs> TNA. Bro, send a yeah. fire engine. No one will see that coming. So the ambulance does turn up, and you're right. Rey Mysterio has been saying cuatro, cuatro. Larry has a little bit of time to be racist. He says, he's speaking Spanish. I don't know what I'm hearing. He's just saying cuatro. Yeah. You, don't need a, you don't need a degree in Spanish no, to it, know what that means. He says it after, because um, Ray actually says, Eddie, Alex, there's four guys, man. You've got to let them know. And then Tony goes... Uh, Tony's about to say something and he's like, he's speaking Spanish. I can't, I can't understand what he's saying. And Tony's like, well, he's just said that there's, there's he literally four just guys. spoke in English, Larry. <laughs> you fucking racist. Ray Mysterio has his mask removed. Mm. He hides his face. Tony's great at this. He sells how this is a major deal. Yeah. Like to have your mask off. He's like, if a luchador removes their mask, you know, it's like a sacred thing in, in Mexico and, and it shouldn't be done and all of this stuff. Um, and, you know, wrestlers who remove their masks don't put them back on, uh, which is funny because when Ray is made to unmask here in WCW a couple of years down the road, um, he is going to go to WWE one day and they want the fucking mask. Get that so mask Ray back has on. To, Ray has to go and like publicly wear the mask again and the response is a bit polarizing. Mm. There's a lot of people are kind of like, you can't fucking do that. You've took it off. Uh, and it kind of, it, it must have been really, really like odd as a time to have to do that. You just think, mm, the money? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get over it. I'm a different Rey Mysterio now. Yeah, I'm, I'm like the cousin of the... the I'm not Rey Mysterio nephew. Jr. I'm just yeah. Rey Mysterio. I'm, I'm Rey Mysterio Jr. with a dot. <laughs> yes, I wasn't yeah. the dot before. Mm -hmm. That's how we get around it. Uh, Ray is loaded into the ambulance and, and Eddie Guerrero goes to go in with him. But Alex Wright says, wait, you can't go. You have a match. And Eddie's like, my opponent's in the ambulance, mate. I'm not. If I'd have been Eddie, I'd have gone, fuck that, me mate. Her. How could you say that when he turned around? He's like, hey, man, it's Alex Wright. You can't go to the hospital, Eddie. I promise. You've got a match. I promise. <laughs> I promise. You have a great victory. <laughs> but so Eddie's gone. Uh, Ray's gone to the hospital. Uh, Benoit and Liz genuinely look like they're about to cry. Arn yeah. Anderson has barely moved um, because they, they sell on the commentary that Benoit was trained by Arn and this is like a... Yeah, so Benoit's like, he's like pacing like a fucking angry dog. He's just, because mm. he obviously wants to go tear their head off, but he, he can't do that. They've escaped. So it's sort of like he he's really good in this scene, mm. um, which again, it's, it's a difficult thing to talk about, but it's like he's very good in the scene and he's really selling the gravity of it yeah. um, by just remaining silent and just sort of staring at what they've done to Arn. Meng gets in Benoit's face. That was a bit weird. Meng yeah. just shows up and he's just like, yeah, me and you, come on, let's have a fucking scrap. And it's like everybody around him just goes, this isn't the time. But I quite, <laughs> but I quite like that, the Dungeons of Doom just have no empathy. Well, he's just come out of a portal. He's got no idea what's going on. <laughs> it goes against our belief that, you know, Kevin Sullivan and the Dungeon of Doom are very cross the T's, dot the I's, very much about, you know, respect and decorum. Look, in, in, any, in, in, in any corporation, in any outfit, you're going to have wild cards, right? And I think Meng is firmly a wild card. You need it from time to time. When they're having their Dungeon of Doom pitch mm. meetings, 
you know, working out what they're going to be able to write off that they can sort of use as props and stuff behind them for the year. He's in there suggesting things like sandwiches. Now, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work, but it's good that he's in there pitching it. You need someone in there to pitch yeah. the sandwiches. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise chaos. Because then it comes up and you have the big chat about it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, this whole bit is unlike any wrestling that we've seen on mm. either channel. The closest we've come to this was Shawn Michaels getting a concussion on Raw last year. Yeah. And how they sold that with like silence and people checking up on Sean and they cut to a break and came back and Sean was taken out. And this is the, that's the closest week, but this is like that, but ramped up. That, and when we go back to the announcers, like around this point, mm. that's what I think really solidifies the scene for me. Yeah. Is Bobby. Oh, this bit. So after the yeah. break, Eric Bischoff and Bobby Heenan are now with Larry and Tony. Um, Larry and Bobby awkwardly are wearing the same outfit. Well, they're about to switch over. They are. Bobby Heenan... Can you imagine if they only had the one shirt? <laughs> he <laughs> so just Bo stood there, Bobby's there with in his, his vest, off. just like, come on. Burn a barrel. Get it fucking off, Zabisco. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> Bobby Bobby points at a scar on his hand and says, look, I've got a history of, of neck and arm issues. And unless you can guarantee me security, I'm not calling the show. And Eric says, look, I can't guarantee you anything. So Bobby just drops the bike. He's like, yeah, you, do, you do what you got to do, Bobby. And then Bobby leaves. That was great. I fucking love that. And then Bischoff's kind of standing around like, I guess I'm going to need you guys to help me through this next hour of the show. And so we have a three-man booth. Tony's going time and half. Yeah. <laughs> Can it. I get another Disney polo? Yeah. <laughs> no. Arn's finally placed onto a stretcher. We see a grey-haired ambulance worker losing the plot because the whole thing is taking so long. And the crowd are starting to lose the plot as well as they begin oh. to chant, boring, No, they're boring. anxious. They're... No, they, we, we're told they're anxious. I think I get bored when I'm anxious. I know that. Yeah. But the thing is, the crowd you, the crowd aren't seeing this. They, this is the thing. One of the bleachers kind of you can see a bit, but like the crowd aren't seeing it. And so all the crowd are getting is just an empty ring mm. and hold music. So it, they just kind of sat around with their thumb up their ass, but at the same time, it made the, the scene so much more um, believable yes. for me. Like that it, it wasn't this big sort of, you know, showing everybody as it's happening and everything. If you did that now, it would be on the big trongs. It would yep. be lit. It'd be multiple well, look at, cameras. Well, look at like, was it Braun pulling down the stage and tossing over the ambulance? Mm. And like, it's you get the huge crowd response and stuff, but I think when you don't have that reaction and the crowd are kind of in the dark and it's very confusing, especially for an angle like this at this time, like, mm. perfect. Sympathetic, anxious fans, not only chanting boring, but also chanting NWO. <laughs> IRS. IRS. <laughs> Took 20 minutes of Nitro, this did. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know what? It was, it was a risk because obviously the crowd got bored with it. But I thought it was a really powerful bit. If you'd given them double the time, how would it stack up against the Roman segment that went 40 minutes on SmackDown the other week? Um, oh, I think 20 was enough. I don't think there was... Because at least with the Roman bit... Tom, there there's was... like two hours a show. You do realize that there's going to be no wrestling soon. <laughs> I'm aware of that. <laughs> I'm aware of that, sadly. But... Um, but but with the Roman bit, there were certain peaks and troughs of that whole story. Yeah. And with this bit, it, nothing really evolved from it. It was very much just like... There was no real the... fat on it for being such a kind of over-the-top segment. But then that's kind of what adds to the raw nature of it, yeah. that it was very it very much felt like, you know, you know, not to, to make light of it, it felt like sort of helping survivors in a disaster zone. Yeah. It kind of had that. And, and, and it is chaotic, and it is... Um, it, it, you know, it's not well lit and it is a, a bit like long-winded in points because it's not 
They didn't over-dramatise it. The guy setting up the FEMA tent at the back, he, he really made it feel <laughs> like a disaster scene. That's it. Policemen walking around in hats and yeah. put smoking pipes going, ah, somebody was murdered. See? Um, we have standby matches, though, so don't worry, because basically the rest of the show is buggered. But we have standby matches, and standby match number one is High Voltage. Woo! Taking on the Steiner brothers. Woo, woo. But the Steiners are they're, they're sidetracked, guys. The rest are so sidetracked, and everybody's so sad about well, what's main, happened, Well, mainly so just sad. Rick Steiner. Scott's over it. No. <laughs> Scott, like, remembers he's got to be sad about halfway through the match. Well, no, because, yeah, yeah. And then, because Rick's brilliant all the way down. Like, yeah. he looks like... Even when Rick gets in, he, he's he's kinda, he half-asses the offense. Yeah. It's sort of like, there's no point to it. I'm just hurting more people that, you know... It, it, Rick kind of did it well. Scott just got in there and was like, fuck this, and eventually hits a Steiner screwdriver. And I was like, you after that, you fucking hit the Steiner screwdriver. All right. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, yeah. Pretty much all it was. It was a nice it was a nice showcase for High Voltage, Kenny Chaos and Robbie Rage. Yeah. Uh, but they... Uh, That's Chaos with a K. Say yes, indeed. And Robbie with roids. Uh, <laughs> Rick, yeah, he did. Yeah. So Rick does get into it a little bit. As you say, screwdriver finishes off our standby match. Yeah. Number one. Standby <laughs> match number two. It's an all right one, this one. It's all right. Yeah. We've got Big Bubba Rogers versus Eddie Guerrero. And what a fucking dominant display it is for Big Bubba. Mm. He's nonplussed with being out there, though. I think we've yeah. gone on. There's a weird energy. And I like the fact that they keep that weird energy it's up throughout. It's been carried through the night, yeah. Mm. Eddie does start hot, sending him to the outside of the ring. Bubba overpowers him soon afterwards. Mm -hmm. And Eddie gets under Big Bubba with a backdrop. But Bubba flattens him with an uppercut for a brief relaunch. Uh, an illegal choke from Bubba with a distraction from Jimmy Hart. Who'd have thought would know better after everything that's gone on? No, well, no, he can, he can, he can use it to his advantage now, can't he? Because mm. every time he gets up on the ring, he can be like, it's happening again! And then the, the opponents run off to the back. And <laughs> just, they get counted out. Right. Every single time he's in the ring now, he's going to be getting his opponents counted out. Starring Jimmy Hart as the boy who cried wolf. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened again, lads! Uh, Eddie firing up from a rest hold, gets shut down uh, from a crossbody. He lands a desperation tornado DDT. But Boss throws him outside. Jimmy Hart throws the megaphone in, but Bubba stumbles with it. <laughs> like... Yeah, he drops it at his feet. <laughs> and then he goes to pick it up as Eddie gets a sunset flip and picks up a win over Big Bubba Rogers. Yeah, and Bubba was really, really, really on top of Eddie for the whole match. Like any form of offense Eddie was getting in there, Bubba was just grounding him mm. and just grinding away. Uh, and so it's one of those things where I, I think, you know, for a talent that wouldn't usually get that kind of spotlight and be presented in that way, it was a really good one for Bubba. Especially the point where he there's a uh, he goes to the corner when Eddie's kind of awkwardly lying there, like in pain in the ring. He goes to the corner and looks directly into the corner camera and he's like mouthing off into that. And it was like, yeah, just more of this bubba, please. More of this bubba. Yeah. I li and I like that. I like when he's got that energy, when he's got yeah. that vim and vigor to him. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really, I really like that version of him. Yeah. I do. I do. I mean, Boss Man will always be my favorite, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I quite like this run for Ray Trailer. Now, the following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Finally. <laughs> Fucking finally. Oh, man. We... So, oh. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. This is the first time we hear the voice of, and I just wanted to double check his name on my phone, Neil Pruitt, mm -hmm. who is the voice of the New World Order. New, 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 new world order. Thank you, Neil Pruitt. 
So this is the first of our many that will come iconic NWO takeover. We see the spots. fucking logo. We see the New World Order logo in its pomp for the very first mm-hmm. time. It is a small uh, white N, a capital W, and a small white O. Beautifully designed. Boxed in. Beautifully designed. I'd not seen the the other, but apparently there were a few designs. Um, but that ultimately is like the fucking, probably the greatest logo in wrestling history. It's designed in a way that it looks like, like for a it can be stamped or sprayed on. Yeah. Like the idea that it's like a logo that can just pop up anywhere. It encourages you to spray paint it as well. And their actions will encourage you to spray mm. paint it everywhere as well. Uh, so it's, it's a really that, easy one to replicate. But, you can you can do it in like a couple of hand motions. And yeah. Yeah, and we've got the, the, the standardized black and white style with the staggered repeating frames. And like, it's just just my whole childhood, this. Mm. My whole fucking childhood. It's Hogan, oh. Nash, and Hall gloating about the invitation-only NWO. He calls out billionaire Ted, referring to Ted Turner. Says all the horses and king's men won't be able to put his company back together again. Scott Hall slams the WCW guys for getting soft. Kevin says, the world wants to know one thing about Lex Luger. What are your bench? <laughs> Hogan then suddenly remembered, oh, I forgot. I'm wrestling the Giant on August the 10th. He says, in one night, he gets to beat up WCW's best. On August the 10th, the outsiders will become the insiders. The NWO will establish themselves as the top wrestling company. And this, again, is a statement of intent for the new world order. They're not mm-hmm. here as a faction. They're here as a brand new wrestling promotion. Yeah, they want to be an organization in their own right. Mm. They're a virus invading the the, the body. They're going to try and assimilate, assimilate WCW. That's the word. Uh, whilst I feel like they talk and say nothing, this is still quite an iconic moment. Yeah, I mean, they, they talk in circles, but it's more about just seeing them together, getting the logo in there as much as you can, just really showing that everywhere. I, I think this is the start of them becoming, obviously, with partnered with the attack, it's very much the start of them becoming a cool heel faction um, in the eyes of the audience. It's going to take some time because it's still a bit despicable, but these, uh, these paid-for messages are, are certainly going to lead the way for fans to start openly supporting the NWO. Now, back to the ring we go. Tony and Larry are still there. I think Larry's missed his bus. Yeah, Bischoff's <laughs> gone to the hospital, though, hasn't he? Yeah, funny that Bischoff disappeared. Yeah, because mm. WCW wrestlers get to go to actual hospitals. Not medical facilities. Yeah, which sounds like Vince sends all of his wrestlers to the vets. <laughs> <laughs> saves, saves so much money. Brock Lesnar is in the vets right now. <laughs> How's, how's, how's Cody's separated shoulder? I don't know, but he's been spayed. <laughs> he's got a cone on. <laughs> <laughs> they, they recap everything that happened in the first hour, complete with the NWO attack. We get a they, replay of the carnage as well. Yeah, and a secondary replay of Ray afterwards, just to make sure you've seen him get lawn darted again. Yeah. Um, and then we go to the final holding match of the night. Stand by for your new main <laughs> event. The Giant was set to defend against Arn Anderson. Which would have been Anderson, a good match. It would have been yeah. a great match. Arn is knackered. However, the WCW title will be defended tonight, and the Giant puts it up against fucking hell. Greg the Hammer Valentine. Greg the Hammer Valentine. And the thing is as well, 
commentary uh, have commentary have already sort of buried his leg lock earlier in the night because Flair locked on the figure four on Sting before Sting rolled it through. Commentary, you know, as Sting selling like fuck. Commentary's like, you know, many people apply this hold, but nobody applies it like Ric Flair. He's like the master of the figure four leg lock. Out walks the fucking actual master of the figure four leg lock. But no, no, he's got four and a half minutes uh, as he makes his entrance until the broadcast ends or something. I have a theory. What? I think Greg Valentine's the fourth man. <gasps> he stood to benefit the most. He got a title shot out of it. <laughs> I think Greg's the fourth man. Like, God he's not the fourth man. Greg. He certainly let them into the building. He, he left the gates slightly ajar. I want you just to ponder this, mm. right? So they've gone, shit, we've got, to put, we've got to put a show together. Who's left? Right, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Bubba Rogers. Um, who's here? Rick and Scott Steiner. Um, mm. Is Anus still here? Yeah, but he's... <laughs> He's not well. Well, we we oh. even saw Anus as Anus earlier in the night, didn't we? Did see Anus as Anus? Because so he got his pants pulled down. <laughs> Ridiculous. Kenny Chaos and Robbie Ray's there still here. Someone needs to fight the giant. Oh, I mean, Eddie Guerrero's really over at the moment. It'd be quite, what a great treat. You know, he's meant to get a cruiserweight title match. We'd give him a heavyweight title match. What a great tribute that would be to his fallen friend, Rey Mysterio. I mean, Big Bubba Rogers has been on a tear. Um, Rick and Scott are both beasts. I mean, I mean, Scott had a shot at mm. Giant. We could do that again. Um... Who's that over there? Is that, <laughs> is that Greg Valentine? Are you just here with his family? Bring him in. <laughs> Greg, do you want to work a match, mate? Greg, what are you doing? You wanna, <laughs> do you want to do a WCW World title match? And it's like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I've got, me, I've got me robe with me. <laughs> Actually, I'll put flares on. Do you know what I was pondering? <laughs> As Greg Valentine made his entrance. And I looked at Greg Valentine and was like, that motherfucker's not aged in 30 years he's always looked he's always like... looked like that it's like john tenter just never aged what? has 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 <laughs> has greg valentine got the best hair genetics of any old school wrestler i think he does i don't, I mean, he... I don't think brutus doesn't have half the head of hair he used to have marty Janetti cut his hair short he's that metallica during the load era that can't be no it's not a thing sean's bald you know it, it's i think greg valentine might have the best head of hair honky still has hair i guess yeah sort of the hair, the hair, okay. The hair genetics also, have can been you imagine, very good for Greg. Can you imagine being one of the old school wrestlers where you're, you're image, you were sort of like a cartoon character. You wore the same thing every week. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> but like down to the colors and everything, you'd, you'd largely just wear the same stuff every week. Same entrance jacket, same stuff, same haircut. You just sort of, you know, 1981. You go into a barber's and you're like, that's the hair, that's the hair I'm gonna have for the rest of my life. <laughs> Fucking get it done. Get it done. Then, then just just set up a direct debit, and I'll pay every. I'll be in every month. <laughs> I never like Greg Valentine's always been around, and I was watching the 1992 Royal Rumble. Yeah, and, and, and Alex walked in as Greg was coming out, and she she went, "Who the fuck's that? Fucking Sharon from Number 12. It looks. I'm sorry, but Greg Valentine does look like a school dinner nanny. <laughs> He looks like he looks like the hard-nosed school dinner nanny who tell you what to get in, like five minutes before the bell even fucking rang. Like, get in, They're back in your classroom. He's just always had that look of him. God bless him. Anyway, because this is the multiverse we live in, Greg Valentine is standing to gain from the NWO's greatest assault in WCW. He's got four minutes, and he's got the figure four leg locks, not as good as flares. Good luck, son. <laughs> And the biggest legs you've ever seen <laughs> yeah. on his opponent. Two, he may as well be wrestling two trees. <laughs> Eight Donna kebabs sell a tape together. Yeah. Could, 
why has nobody used a full doner kebab? Why? Oh. You'd eat it halfway through, I would. Yeah, you can take a huge bite out of it and then nail someone with it. Greg gets an eye rake. Come on, lad. He gets a couple of clotheslines. Come on, lad. Wiped out by the giant. Oh, peace. Don't worry. He goes up to the second rope oh, to go for do it. Famous handle. high flyer. Famous <laughs> high flyer. <laughs> Greg, Greg, tonight is not the night to try something new. Six so turn up for this 450. <laughs> Giant proves himself to be the ultimate hammer jammer. He goes for a second axe handle and Giant grabs him by the throat, fucking choke slams him off the top rope. It's more like a choke throw. It was a choke sort of throw. Like, yeah. Gives him one more for good measure. Yeah. One, two, three. Cheers, Greg. <laughs> That's you done, son. <laughs> See you in a month. And then we get gene time, of course. We had to cram gene time in, we so the did. match probably went about 90 seconds. Mean Gene in the ring with the giant. He cuts a Hogan promo. Yeah, he starts off by doing like the Hogan pose, and he's like, let me tell you something, brother. Oh. And it, that Gene's like, hold on a second. That's not the giant. That's, you're doing Hulk Hogan. I love it when he overstates what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> giant says, it's easy to fall into that con trap. Easy to con America like Hogan did. Mm. He made them believe in what they wanted to believe in. He comes along in WCW with his two piranhas and starts the NWO because he can't beat the big fish. I've beaten the biggest athletes in the world while you're making movies, and I'm here defending the title with every ounce of honor in my body. Giant then tells WCW, if we don't hang together, we hang separately. Hogan, I've got a chokeslam-shaped noose for you. So the Giant is planning on executing Hulk Hogan <laughs> at Sturgis <laughs> Motorcycle Rally. I think the crowd would be into it. I think they might be into it. Yeah. Jimmy Hart ends by saying how much he loves wrestling and says one day he will pay for the lies that he has told in the wrestling world. Yeah. But at Hogwild... Hogan is going down. Mm. Like and he that. even removed his glasses to deliver the promo. Because that means you mean yeah, it. Yeah, it means he means it. Means and then they show it. Ray getting darted for one final time <laughs> in Fate to Black. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> that was Nitro, uh, July 29th. I've never seen an episode of Nitro like it. I'm well, so glad get that... Get ready. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm glad that we are out of the doldrums that we were in for most of our run. Yeah, this, this is, is more has happened in this one episode of Nitro than happened in the entire first three months of, oh. of covering Nitro. Hasn't it just? Yeah. Jesus H. Christ. I really enjoyed it, though. Yeah. Loved every minute this is of it. it. It's, it's about to get fucking wacky. And nice. that's, that's, that's what we want. Bring the wackiness on. More NWO-shaped bollocks next week on the Cold Tyler Classic you Nitro review. stuff to your hands, though? Like, I think you can. You like... No, but I just just keep rapping. I'm, I'm okay, well you you try and tape, and I will say, out. check out the podcast feed right now in case you missed it yesterday. We dropped a brand new interview with NXT star Ilya Dragunov ahead of his match against uh, Carmelo Hayes at the Great American Bash. Is, is Ilya Dragunov up for joining Imperium? Well, I bloody asked him, and we'll find out. Also, tomorrow on the podcast feed, I'm really proud of this, you can check out a, a, a bluffer's guide to Gatamove slash Chocopro. Nice. We've got the guys from Chocopro on. Oh, amazing. Had a lovely chat with them. That'll be sick. It's on the podcast feed for you. No Get tape. to know them before they come there's, to the UK in August. There's no tape. Oh, no. I can sort of pretend... As Sam Driver is attempting to sellotape weapons glass, to his The hands. referee can't even see it. <laughs> this is a whole new dimension to this. He is at the Sam Driver. I'm at Tom Campbell together. We're at Coldsaholic. Don't forget to join us. Weapons for hands. Meh, 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 meh. 
Now cut to Ray being lawn darted one more time. <laughs> and fade to black. <laughs> deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. (laughs) 